In this episode, we take a look at diet culture. We look at how pervasive and dangerous it is in our culture, and we even give some personal experiences and tell some interesting stories. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, we have kind of a spicy topic today. I know. It's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) I think. We're going to talk about diet culture. Yep. There are so many other avenues of like, like intuitive eating and how food affects the body and like all this kind of stuff that we want to talk about. But I just felt like we couldn't talk about any of that until we talked about diet culture. Yeah, this is going to be one of our like foundational episodes where we refer back to this episode when we're talking about other things. Exactly, exactly. I think this might be a a wild statement, Jay, and you can tell me if it's too much. (laughs) But I think one of the places where the patriarchy is still absolutely annihilating people, especially women, Mm. is in diet culture. Uh, Agreed, 100%. So if you're wondering, oh, how strange, are they certified dietitians? Um, no, No, we are certified patriarchy smashers yeah we're certified humans (laughs) mostly that too (laughs) depends who you ask but yes we are human okay let's start with a definition of what diet culture is all right so it's a set of beliefs that values thinness appearance and shape above health and well-being additionally the concept places importance on restricting calories normalizes negative self-talk and labels food as good and bad. Mm, That's a good point. (laughs) I love that definition. Yeah. All parts of it are worth discussing, but I want to start with the idea that food could be good or bad. Right, exactly. Wild concept to two people who grew up in the 80s and 90s, (laughs) but like calories are calories. (laughs) Well, and you've heard us talk probably about how when the patriarchy took over post-pagan times, everything became good or bad, dark and light, when in reality, everything's like a blending of both. So it wouldn't make sense for calories to be good or bad. I mean, but scientifically, they're just calories. Yeah. And I know that's true. I'm saying it. I'm listening to you and I'm nodding along. Right. But I have to adjust that in my head all the time. Uh, Yeah, because it's a programming that we all receive. Yeah. Like, there's this thing where, like, I'll be like, oh, I'm eating a bagel. As if that's, like, this terrible food choice. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And it's that weird, like, carbs are evil conditioning that's left over. That was, like, really big in the late 90s. Huge. So it's still in my brain. Yep. So take a moment and just hear, calories are calories. Mm-hmm. There aren't good foods and bad foods. Mm-hmm. Now, for everyone who's like starting to want to argue with that statement. <laughs> I can hear it. I can feel it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about how some foods feel better and work better in your body. Yes. Some foods make you feel a little bloated, a little sluggish, yeah. spike like too much sugar, maybe spike your energy and then crash it down. 
but that is different for everybody. Mm. And it doesn't mean the food is good or bad. It just is having an effect that's either what you're desiring at the moment or not. Well, and the problem is that when you say good or bad, you're adding morality into it. You can, you know, your body, calories, all of that stuff, that's all science. That's It's all basically like chemistry and, and how your body works with certain things. But when you start to say good or bad, whether you realize it or not, you're starting to make a judgment about yourself and your choices. Yes, that's such an excellent point. And one of the things that I wrote down was that the conditioning around diet culture, it believes that like thinness and dieting equals health. Right. And that the pursuit of that style of health equals moral superiority. Yes. Yes. So if when you see people and they're like out and they're like saying stuff like, oh, I'm, I'm like not eating that or I'm, I'm just going to have a little salad. Right. There is this connotation to that that's like it, because I'm better than you. Exactly. I have more right. discipline than you. Exactly. No, you don't. No, you just have more programming. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. I also saw a quote that said, diet culture is the water we swim in. Oof. And I loved that because Ooh. it's diet culture is so just like in our DNA and like mm. we're so used to hearing it and seeing it any, everywhere that we're not like, oh, there it is. Right, no. We're just in it all the time. No, and it's not just about food because we've been sold how bodies are supposed to look, particularly how women's bodies are supposed to look. So it all gets interwoven with like perception and fashion and, and makeup and even into the entertainment industry with movies and like all of that, like diet culture has sort of spread its tentacles into all of those industries. Mm, absolutely. And there's this idea that the smaller you are as a woman, mm. the better. Right. Right. Like the skinnier you are, the less space you take up, the more you fit into like the quote unquote norm, which right, is like right. really tall, really thin. And I guess you still have boobs somehow. Big boobs. You're probably, you probably should be very white. I would say. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And that is not how the average woman or even teenage girl looks. No. So it's, it's very, it's very much against human nature. And everything that being a human stands for to have one standard of beauty and then to connect that standard of beauty to health and well-being. Mm, exactly. I also think the wellness industry, which I would consider like our like sister industry. Yeah. They've got this a bit twisted as well. Very twisted. So not everybody don't get upset. I'm just saying right. the ideals there that like, if you are drinking green smoothies, you are better than everyone else. Right. Is very toxic. Well, and it's like we've said before that it's not everybody's body does the same thing. Not everybody benefits from a 4am wake up call and a green smoothie and an hour of meditation that, but that's, what's easy to sell as a program on your Instagram page. Mm. You can't, you can't individual individualize that for people on social media when you're selling a program, but everybody's body is different. And how many times with how many different subjects do we say that? Like right. when we talked about learning differences, when we talked about neurodi neurodivergence, right? right? When we talked about sleep, 
right? Like it's so like, oh no, everyone needs to be this one way and that's the superior way. And everyone else, there's this thing too, especially in diet culture where it's your fault if you're not to that standard. Yes. You've done something wrong. You've been lazy or you've been gluttonous or you've been, you've lacked discipline. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Which let like, let's look at it from an intuition and ego standpoint of like how to look at this stuff. So intuition is desire, right? So like, if you think about what you desire for food, Mm -hmm. like whatever your body is desiring is what your body needs. That's how you would be intuitive with your eating, right? Yes. Okay. Whatever your ego is coming up with, it's going to be fear. So whatever you're afraid of. Mm. Okay. So these things could balance each other. If you desired 27 pieces of chocolate cake and then your ego said, Hey, I fear you could get a stomach ache. Mm, yeah. Then right. maybe you settled on three pieces. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right? But like that would be the way it would ideally work together. Yes. What we do in our culture is take the intuition part and shame it. Yes. So there's something wrong with you for desiring 27 pieces of cake. Well, because I think we've never learned to actually check in with ourselves about what we want. So right. like we're, we're not even used to having the answers. Right. Like we're, we're, we've been taught that we should be looking outside of ourselves for what's healthy, what's good for us. How many, what has, how many calories, you know, what looks good, what makes someone look good, you know? So we don't even know mm. to check in with ourselves about that. I mean, that sounds ridiculous. It does. But I actually think it's true. No, it's very true. I think it's true. Where in our culture are we taught that the right thing to do would be to check in with how we feel and what we want? Even something as like small as like a lot of us were made to eat everything on our plate. Oh, yes. Right? Like we're not even allowed to check in in our own homes where we should feel safe. And a lot of us hopefully do feel safe in our own homes. Like mm-hmm. even then we're not allowed to check in with ourselves and be like, I'm full, actually. This was the desired amount of food I wanted. This is all my body wants. Mm -hmm. I'm all set. And like, that's not an okay answer. No, but then as you get a little bit older, you're like, I I mean, this is not what happened to me personally, but I definitely see it where like, then it changes and your your mother is like, maybe she'll have a salad. Yeah, like why you're not going to finish that, are you? Why are you having seconds? Right. I don't think you need desserts. Are you sure that's what you want to order? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think, I don't think people even know how to check in with themselves about food a lot of times. I consider myself an intuition and ego expert. You definitely are that. It's in my title. It is. I I don't know how to do it. You're working on it. I am. You're a work in progress. I am. But I'm just saying, like, I know about this. Right. This is my area of expertise right. my specialty the thing I'm like the best at in the world right. and when you apply eating to it right I'm like um could someone help me please I don't exactly. know how to do this and that is conditioning it's continued messaging that whatever your body is like craving or mm-hmm. wanting or telling you to to eat is something to disregard and to almost to overcome yes right and to beat like, to beat that part of you it's even really weird how you're supposed to eat meals at a certain time. Yes. Yes. Like I eat lunch early. I'm hungry for Same. lunch at like 11 o'clock. Same. 
And the amount of people who say stuff to me like, oh, you're eating lunch awfully early. Well, this is when my body's yeah, hungry. What does it matter to you also? I don't know. Yeah. Don't See, know. there's a lot of judgment. There's a yeah. lot of judgment. Who made these rules? I don't know, but it's actually not healthy to just eat three times a day. You're not even supposed to do that. No. <laughs> you know? No. And, you know, maybe for some people's bodies, the, like, standard meal times in like the foods listed that you're supposed to eat at that time are right. Yeah. But not everybody. That's going to be a handful. Of yeah. It's not for everybody. And it can't be for everyone all the time. Like, like even a woman with a cycle, the way you eat different parts of your cycle are going to be different. And that makes a lot of sense. I was just going to say, if you're, if you're on a, if you're on a menstrual cycle, you're going to eat differently. Your body's also going to need different things. Throughout that cycle, if you are an athlete, you need a different amount of calories. Like it's everybody's different. Yeah. And there's even, there's even this like knowledge that we don't have of like, oh, if I eat protein in the morning, Mm. that makes me feel good. But if I eat carbs, it doesn't like, there's none of that. It's just like shame for what you picked. Right. Exactly. Like, for some reason, yogurt and granola, it's like, oh, you're a good person. But if you have, like, a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich, then you're terrible. Why? I love a sausage, egg, and cheese. Me too. Like, why? Especially from Restoration Coffee. Shout out. Um, Yeah, it's very bizarre. And again, there's that moral superiority there of, like, oh, I just have, I just have you know, half a, a peach slice every morning for breakfast and like you're better than me. Right. And there's also, but there's also not a lot of like, again, no one's taught this. So there's not any experimenting. Like I try with my kids. If like, I have one kid who loves deep breakfast. I have another kid who doesn't, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm also trying to offer different things. Like it doesn't have to just be cereal in the morning or bagels in the morning. It could be something else. Like maybe that's not what your body wants at that time of day. Yes. 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 Trying different things and like trying different things at different points in your life. Maybe for a while that worked and then all of a sudden it doesn't. Agreed. And I mean, and not to get too far into the minutia of it, but again, you could listen to our episode on neurodiversity, but there are different things going on in different people's bodies and their minds. And so like, if you're someone who has like say ADHD, you probably love one meal for three weeks. Yeah. And then you never want to eat it again for the rest of your life. I was just going to say that. Right. Yeah. So like all of these stories we're told, they don't work for most people because most people aren't like your average person. Like we've said before, no one's average. There is no average. There is no, no typical. No. You know? No. It's just who can conform better than everyone else. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We don't, we're, we're people who can't. Correct. And there are some people who, who, thrive going to a nine to five job every single day to the same desk every single day. And I, there are are people I used to work with in my old nine to five jobs who would have literally the same meals. They'd walk in with the same breakfast. They'd eat the same exact lunch, loved it, thrived. It was like a way for them to like manage themselves. I am just picturing you trying to understand that. Yeah. It's me feeling like, (laughs) how are you going to do that? For the next 30 years. Like, like me your worst anxious, nightmare. <laughs> me feeling anxious for them. Like you have to eat this yogurt for the rest of your life at 8.45 every morning. Like I want to cry for you. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's your human desires. Right. We're different people. Yes. So I'm a certainty person. 
right? I am not. You're a variety person. I eat the same breakfast every day. Although I think I've gotten you to eat the same thing I eat for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, I add that in. Yes. The old hashy bees. We call them hashy bees. Um, they're hash browns. Shout out to Trader Joe's. I feel like to sponsor us, those they have particularly from Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah, they are like I have the same thing for breakfast. I don't have the same thing for lunch, and I don't mm-hmm. have the same thing for dinner. But I do pre-plan out my dinners. Like I know a week ahead what I'm eating for dinner every night. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, it's not. You don't think so? <laughs> it's great if it's not my job. <laughs> That's why my husband does most of the cooking. Right. But like, that's such a great example of like, neither one of our ways is better or worse. No, it just works for us. Yeah. But you can't, you can't guilt and shame people through wellness, through diet culture. If people know this about themselves, right? right? Like the machine doesn't work. If we all start to realize like, oh, it's okay that I do my own thing, or it's okay that my body likes this, or it's okay that I feel yucky when I eat that. So I avoid it. Yeah. It's real hard to control people, again, if you remove the other. Correct. If you can't be other, if there isn't a group that's other, Other, how do you control anybody? Yeah, when we're all other, then you can't control everyone. Can you put that on a shirt? You're all other. When you're you're all other. You can't control us. Can't control anyone. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I wanted to bring up to you, I want to see what you think how this fits in. I feel like this weird element of diet culture has become like the over editing of people's photos on social media. I mean, yeah. There's also this weird trend of like what I eat in a day. Have you seen that? Yeah. I hate it. I don't care what you eat in a day. No, I don't either. How does that help me? I don't either. And even if you're talking about like, if you have a specific medical condition and so you're showing other people with that condition, like, how to live like that. Like that's cool, but also it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't make any sense to me because I think the connotation is look at how my body looks. It's meeting the standard, which is like super thin and like Mm. not taking up very much space and not being different at all. See, I like the trend on TikTok where people who are fat, which I'm having to teach myself and everyone around me that fat is not a derogatory term by the way by when you say everyone around you you mean mean me yeah (laughs) (laughs) like fat is a neutral is a neutral word right and that it's diet culture and it's our culture that has made us feel like fat is a bad it's a bad thing to call someone yeah and in our defense we have been also programmed that that's what you call people who aren't perfect and so it triggers us yeah, and I remember being called that as like a teenager, right? And being like, and it wasn't meant nicely. Oh no, it wasn't like a body positive thing to say. No, no. but like I, I watch people, mostly women on TikTok, who are who do like a this is what I eat in a day as a fat person. I love that, and it's breaking it's breaking the misconception mm-hmm. that like people with different bodies are like just like stuffing their faces all day or eating all this unhealthy stuff or being like gross or whatever those like those stereotypes are yeah those tiktoks break those because you're like oh that's what i eat your body's doing something different with the food that you're putting in and it's not doing something wrong no it's just different it's just doing what it needs right that is a trend i could do yeah the look how little i am so you should eat like me thing no thank you no, and a lot of celebrities do this. And also, if you're intuitive, and you are, if you're listening to this, <laughs> those TikToks or Instagram pages on the outside could look very 
benign and very whatever. Like, oh, this is just what I'm eating. But if you're intuitive, you're picking up the undertones. You know, most people aren't being like, if you're not eating this, you suck. But like, <laughs> you're, you're picking up what they're putting down subtly. Well, because intuitive people read attention. Right. And so, so often on social media, I'm not even realizing why I don't like the vibe of something. I just don't. (laughs) And I'm usually like, when I think about it, I'm like, there must be an intention that doesn't align with my beliefs in this video. That you're picking up on. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You know, when you're like following a celebrity on social media and like all of a sudden you're reading the writing and you're like, they didn't write that. Yes. That like intuitive people know that. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're clear cognizant. Yes. Especially if you're a Scorpio. (laughs) Yes. Like I am. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we have proof as a society that dieting does not work. We have like mountains of data. Mountains. That no one will look at. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to claim it. I think with the the proof we have that dieting doesn't work, we could like wrap the documents around the earth three times. I'll get on board. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a 98% failure rate when it comes to dieting. And by dieting, we mean like this definition, like you're restricting calories. You're not eating what you want. You're eating what you think you're supposed to. Yes. Now we 98% failure rate. And what that means for failure, because I wanted to know this. I looked this up. Like, what does it mean if it fails? Right. It means you gain back more weight after you lose it. Somehow that's now common knowledge, yet the industry is still so pervasive. Like everyone knows that. Everyone knows that you're going to gain, what is it, like 20% back? Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But still it's like part of us. Do you think people think, oh, I'm going to be in the 2%? Yes. I also think that that's why some people refuse to admit that there should be no billionaires. That like little hope that like one day maybe I could be too. Oh, and that's got to be a less than 2% chance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it, it, that's what we're sold as, as, particularly as Americans. I know we have people listening from all over the world. Yeah. Hello to everyone in Australia listening. <laughs> um, but we are specifically told this like sort of rugged individualism mm. that like I can have this quote unquote American dream. Mm. It, it forces us to like, sort of leave people in the dust. Oh, that's a really good point. Because it sort of makes you just go like, okay, screw everyone else. I'm getting this like little tiny piece of the pie. I mean, that's more for the argument against like for why people like love the idea of billionaires, Mm -hmm. but it also applies to diet culture and dieting. That like, I like, it's like you sort of lose rationality, not like, Oh, 98% of people, this doesn't work for them. But instead we're programmed to be like, it's because they're weaker than I am. They I'm, don't have I'm better than them. Yeah. Right? So like, so I mean, I think that's part of our cult, our cultural programming as Americans. Don't you think that sets us up to go? Okay, so I should suffer. Yeah. If I feel really terrible because I'm not eating the amount of calories my body's asking me for, oh, yeah. Then I'm gonna get there because other people wouldn't suffer this hard. Right. Exactly. And now you're in a really, really scary place. Exactly. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I wanted to talk about the idea that you're supposed to have an athlete body if you're not an athlete. Mm, Good point. So if you think about our pagan ancestors, which we love to think about them. Yes. They knew everything in my mind. 
they're they the best. A lot. Yeah. yeah, calling in our ancestors for yeah. this. Okay. They weren't walking around going like, you know who the best people in this in this like little group of us is? The ones who look like athletes. No, they really weren't doing that. We do. And again, if you're an athlete and whatever you're doing like over and over again makes you have a six pack and a flat belly mm-hmm. and like really thin muscular thighs or right. whatever, then that makes a lot of sense. Right. But if you're a podcast host, right. I don't, I'm not really sure why I think there's something wrong with me for not having I don't those things. Need, I don't need them to survive. But I need them for other people to accept me. Correct. Well, but that's the thing is that our ancestors weren't worried about acceptance. No. They were just, they were just doing what they needed to do to survive, right? Yeah, they were worried about acceptance, meaning like, how do I contribute? Right. To be an important part of this group. This village or whatever. Right. But you didn't have to work to fit in. You already, everyone fit in. Yeah. Especially not physically. No. No. I'm sure there were people who had jobs that, you know, in their communities, Mm. in their villages where they did have six packs. I bet the pyramid builders did. Yeah. Or the hunters, you know, like. Yeah. They had to be more fit. But not everyone was like that. Can I tell you a funny TikTok I saw? Yeah. It was this guy saying like, why do we have the standard of six pack abs for just normal people. Like, is it like, Ooh, that guy has a six pack. I bet he can poop really fast. (laughs) Like, what is the, what is that? Why does that make him better? Well, and I mean, I think that that speaks to the point that like, this isn't all just things. Diet culture doesn't just affect women. Yeah. It it does. There, there are irrationally high standards for men as well. I mean, it doesn't make sense. No. That's part of that whole, like, Calvin Klein, mm. topless, Marky Mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just dated yourself so hard. And we're from Boston, obviously. <laughs> but no, that's, when it, that's where I feel like when it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe that's because that's I was young then. Maybe it probably goes back further. But it was really in that, like, the 90s were so – it was building in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the 90s were so harsh. When you were a kid, do you, can you think of any woman around you who wasn't like on a diet? No. Me neither. And we were trying to explain this to my daughter this weekend, remember? We were, yeah. Who is thankfully a part of um, Gen Z Mm -hmm. and really gives like zero fucks about a lot of things in like a really beautiful way, like in a really great way. She's also way smarter than we were at her age. Exactly. So, yeah. And we were trying to explain to her, like she's obviously aware of diet culture and like, you know, expectations placed on women and girls, but like, you know, from personal experience, but she just, we were trying to explain to her what it was like in the nineties. It was hard to explain. It was very hard. And she looked sort of horrified when we were explaining it to her. Not sort of. She looked very horrified. And even when I was saying some of it and you were saying some of it, it was like it sounded normal. And then watching her react, (laughs) I was like, oh, this is worse than I was even imagining. Because you normalize so much of it. When When you grow up in a culture that is so obsessed with body, fitness, diet, whatever, like that whole thing, like it just becomes normal to you. And so like when we were saying it out loud, we were like, Oh, 
this is way grosser than even we thought it was. Yeah, like it was coming out of our mouths like casually, like and then we were normal. like looking at each other like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is really bad. Right. Exactly. It was tough. It was. Well, I have a quick story to sort of tell because when I was a kid and a teenager and in my early 20s, I was both an athlete and a dancer. Isn't a dancer an athlete? Well, the two worlds are very different the way that they look true, at bodies. True, true. So this is my this is true. This is my point. Technically, oh, I would I say a dancer is an athlete. Okay. But I played like high-ish level softball. Yes. And so I would I would be in those environments and any talk of your body and like exercise and eating had to do directly with performance. Mm. So like I, I've always been on the petite side. Mm-hmm. And so when you're like, a around people who are very athletic, there is like, there's like a, there's a group that are like bigger and a group that are smaller and both are strong, but both are sort of like, I wasn't being asked to lift huge amounts of weights so that I could like hit a home run every time. Right. I was like, okay, so for your body type, we want you to be fast. Right. So we're going to work on speed. We're going to, so it was sort of like, let's take who you are and how you're built and get the best out of it. Maximize. Yes. Now I'm not saying there's no like gross, bad diet culture things in sports. I don't mean that because I know that there are definitely are. Yeah. But in comparison, playing softball, Mm -hmm. I was never shamed for the way that I looked. Right. Even like, I've always had like bigger thighs. Yep. That was like, okay, then let's really maximize that. So this is how we want you to get speed. This is how we want you to dive for the ball. Like we want your swing. We're going to work a lot of it, you know, when you're up to bat to be like coming from your hips. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So most of it would be like, if anything, they'd be wanting you to bulk up on muscle, which would still be like probably not healthy to be like sort of contorting and managing how a teenager's body is working and whatever those means are to make that happen might not be healthy. But very different than a dancer. But it was like, this is how you're built. Right. Let's get the best out of right. that. Right. Right. Yeah. That didn't feel toxic to me. That felt like, okay, no one's asking me to change. Right. People are going, these are the things that are already how you are. Right. Let's maximize that so that you can contribute to the team like that. Yep. And then when I go over into the dance world, mm-hmm. which I was, I danced in college, right? So like higher ish there too. Yeah. It was, here's everything that doesn't fit the standard. Yikes. Like here's, instead of going like, oh, you have bigger thighs. They're, they're very muscular. Mm-hmm. There was all this talk on how you have to stop being so bulky there. Yeah, like even muscles aren't good. Those are bulky muscles, right. not the thin little muscles you're supposed to have. Right. I remember them being like, maybe you should try stopping drinking coffee because sometimes that can disrupt how you're digesting and it might be why you're like holding a little extra weight. Like, and that, that kind of a conversation didn't even feel like a big deal. I felt like, Oh shit, maybe I should, I'm messing up. Well, because you've already heard that stuff your whole life in in the media. I mean, they would draw on you and say like, these are the parts that are too (gasps) big. Yeah. Like these are the things that are happening all the time. So it was like, my point is that like the way it was viewed in the dance world was very much the, the toxic extreme version that you see now where it's like, oh, here's the one body type and here's how you don't conform. Right. 
And that is something wrong with you that you need to change. And it's like, actually, this is just how I'm built. And for what? Right. Why does what? Like to dance a dance? Like why why is it so hardcore? Right. Why does every body need to look exactly the same? That sounds boring. I know. I know. But it's so pervasive. It's so like, again, it's the water you're swimming in. That like so much of it, you're just like, oh, right. I'm, I'm messing up. Well, even just that we're having this conversation saying like, we're not, we're not mad or we're not upset that they're expecting that of you. That's a given. It's a given that if you're (laughs) going to be competitive in something, it's a given that your body is not going to be quote unquote, right. Yeah. And that someone's going to be really hard on you. And this is not just in dance, but like in most competitive things Mm -hmm. and that there's going to be criticism and judgment and changing and like, that's how pervasive it is, is that like, that's a given to us that we're not sitting and going, well, why, why can't dancers look different? Why can't bodies be different? Like, yeah, it's gross. I get that you need me to be able to do these things like this. Right. But why does the way that my body looks matter? Right. Exactly. And it, it seems more important because you're, I know when you're like a dancer, you're very much forced to be small. And so it's very, without blatantly saying it, they're telling you not to eat all the time. So you're supposed to be like really strong, right? Without eating. And then, but you don't eat. How's it? It's not possible. It's not. And you just watch all. And then you're, when you're surrounded by it, like being in college, going to college for dance, you're surrounded by dancers. Right. They're all going through it. So you don't even see normal. Yeah. Everyone's playing the same game. Yeah, exactly. And I want to bring up one more thing before we take a quick break. This rattled me when I was doing some research. What? You know the word toned? Yes. It's just a made-up thing only told to women so that they won't become too masculine looking. What? Toned isn't a thing. What? What? <laughs> no, I know. Okay. So you know when you're like, this is something I, that has come out of my mouth before. I just want to be more toned, heard you say that. but I don't want to get like bulky muscle. I just want like toned muscle. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> what that is, is the, the diet culture saying to women, you can exercise and be strong. So you're not flabby, but don't get too bulky. Cause then you will, you'll take up too much space and you won't look like tiny thin. So that mean, what does that really mean? Like take the fat layer off so we can see your muscles, but like, don't actually get muscular or too strong. Like, don't lift weights that are too heavy because we don't want you to... Your muscles will be big and that's not, like, what, feminine enough? Why are muscles masculine? That's what I'm saying. This is the water we swim in, like (laughs) you said. This is shit that we just, like, assume, that we just know and we go along with because it's all we've ever known. Why are muscles masculine? I don't know. Why am I not not. feminine? If If I lift a heavy weight and get a bulky muscle, like, shouldn't it be... Shouldn't it be... Mm-hmm. That like, okay, this is what I do for my life. Right. So this is how my body looks so that I can ideally do that. Right. So like if you're an athlete, right, going back to that, oh, okay, I need to run. I need to lift weights I need to, so that I can hit the ball hard, okay? Right. Maybe you're, you are in construction, you have to lift heavy pieces of wood. So I'm also going to like practice that so my body can do it by lifting weights right. or something. Like all makes sense to me. Right. But there's this thing where we're like, okay, 
I'm going to exercise so that I have like the toned arms and the flat six pack and the perfect thighs with, I guess a gap is cool or something. Right. I've never had that. So I can't speak (laughs) of it. Um, but I'm going to do that for what? Like it's not to fit in. Right. Do you know what I mean? To be worthy of people's attention and love. I mean, yeah. that's what's underneath it. It's not right. like, that's all it is. So if you're trying to apply intuition and ego to this, and you're saying like, let me do this intuitively. Right. Okay. You would desire to be a, be like, okay, I want my arms to feel strong enough to lift my baby and it's like seat carrier. Oh, and like, yeah. I, so I want my arms to be strong. So I'm going to lift some weights. And so I'm going to do it for that. Yep. Okay. Got it. Check. Right. But not, okay. I need to have a flat six pack. So that I can post a picture on Instagram right. and look a way that other people would approve of. That's ego. So you're never right. starting from an intuitive place. No, never. And also, like, we're told, especially women, are told that to get, a, like, attention from from whomever you're attracted to, whoever you're looking for attention from, mm-hmm. if that's male or female or whatever, anything, mm-hmm. we're told we have to look a certain way. So, like, we're not – I think a lot of times – we're not even thinking about like, how does this affect my life? How do no. I, how does this affect my work? Or how does this make right. me feel? Does this make no. me sleep better at night? Like, can I carry the groceries in more easily? It's more like, am I ever going to get a boyfriend? Am I ever going to get married? Is, is anyone ever going to love me? Am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? Am I going to get a lot of likes on Instagram? Like, I mean, that's what we're told we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And how do you do that intuitively? Like, how do no, I? It's not, there's nothing to do with intuition. Exactly. So this is where I struggle the most because I actually, I know, I know you have thoughts on this. I actually like to exercise. I know you do. Yeah. I, like, and when I say like, it's like, I think my nervous system right. per, needs the regulation of it. Yes. And I think the way that I'm designed, I have a lot of energy, so I need to do that. It makes me feel good. Right. However, it's also completely intertwined with all kinds of toxic bullshit, and I can't separate them. You're forever working to, like, unravel them from each other. I don't know if I ever will. Right. And I'm not putting – I used to put that expectation on myself. I'm not. Right. I, okay. I hope I do, but I don't. I don't know. Right. Right? How do you – I'm only exercising to honor my body today, not because I feel a little bit guilty about that thing I ate before. It's not right. for that reason. Like, how do you actually separate that? Yeah, I don't know. I you mean, know what I mean? Hard, it's hard, hard work. And I'm just saying that because I don't want people to put an unrealistic expectation on themselves. Right. Okay. We, we try. We right. try to have the intention of doing something good, right, for ourselves. Not good, like good, bad food. No, <laughs> like something healthy for ourselves. Right. So you, you like, okay, I want to do this. And then I, so I'm thinking like, okay, so I want to exercise to feel good because like that helps regulate my nervous system. It helps me with stress. It helps me sleep better. It helps, it, honestly, it helps my digestive system. Like my stomach feels better, all of that kind of stuff. Right. But what about if I'm like, I want to exercise because I want to be more toned or I want to, I want my arms to not be as flabby when I wave. I don't want to like wave, like the bottom of my arms keep waving when the top of my hand stops waving. How do I healthily desire to change my body? Are you asking me that? Yes. Well, I, I think I think you can do that. Right, but I'm saying how do you lead with intuition if the answer well, isn't because, well, because I'm an athlete and I need to, for my job, I need to be able to swing the bat. Well, I think because I think like you always teach everybody, it's like what's the what's the why and how do you want to feel about it? So if it's like I need to tone up 
So, so like how recently I got um, like aligners for my teeth. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I did this thing where I've been like straightening my teeth because I had a gap in the side of my mouth. I hated it. And I didn't like it. I didn't feel confident smiling. It was a whole thing that you and I talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've been fixing it. And like. It looks incredible. And thank you. And that is. But the goal was not so that like other people would like me or so that like. Um, I mean, I'm married, but not like it wasn't like so I could find a boyfriend or like someone would. I mean, some people who are married find a boyfriend. <laughs> That's true. I wasn't. I was not on the market. Um, but it wasn't anything like that. It was like, how do I feel better in my own skin? Yeah. Like I was. I. It was affecting me so much that I didn't feel comfortable, like in my own skin. Right. So if you're looking to tone up your arms because you want to feel better, yeah, it's like you have to look at. Well, first of all, why? Why, right. why don't I feel like that? Why can't I accept my arms right. the way they are? Yep. But if you want to change it, 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 it should be, the motivation should be to make you feel more confident and feel better in your skin, but not like to please someone else or to get the love and attention validation, blah, blah, blah from anyone else. It should be more about how you're going to feel. 100% agree. Where it becomes dicey. Mm-hmm is that the reason you will feel better exactly is because right. it makes you fit into the societal standard better exactly and that's to me where it gets like like the water we're swimming in gets a little rough for me right or it's like it's too it's too layered like it's hard to pick apart like what is really causing those feelings yeah like maybe if we could raise someone in like an environment like in a bubble where right. they were like never fed this toxic diet culture mm-hmm. and then tell them that the motivation should be how they feel. Right. I think they could achieve that. Yeah. I am questioning when you get to a certain point, maybe you just have to clock it, but like you're never going to fully separate. No. But I also think that you have to like, I think more of the work or attention should be put in like how you're feeling while you're doing it. Yeah. So if you can't fully take apart like why you're going to feel more confident with straight teeth or with like more toned arms, Mm -hmm. if you can't fully dissect all that and take out the societal programming, I think it's important to then say, well, I'm doing this for me. So that when you're working out and you're like lifting weights, doing arm curls or whatever they're called, that the programming you're giving yourself is love and positivity. And like, I'm going to feel really good doing this. This is great for my body. Not like, come on, fat ass, like get this, you know, like that is like where you have to stop the programming. You might never fully unravel it, but if you can stop the programming in, in a, in a thought or in a workout, that's good work. I think you're right. I think it has to be part of what you're doing is constantly fighting back. Right. Against the programming is what Agreed. I mean. Yeah. Like Agreed. you're, you can't constantly go to that like deep level of like, is this, is this motivation and desire fully purely just for me or does it fit into society standards too? Like you'll never make that pure. No. Do you know what no. I'm saying? <laughs> no, you will, you will never. So you no. have to stop where you, like what you're saying, where like the actual, in the present moment of doing it. Right. You're you're reminding yourself of like an intention that is good for you, that honors your body, mm-hmm. that is not restricting or shaming. Right. But when that does come in, because like, you can't have the expectation that like, I'm going to do this shame free 
right? That's like toxic positivity bullshit. But you're like, oh, I hear it. There it is. Let me check it. Let me, let me put it in check. Well, right. And I think that like, also, if you want to use like my method that I always bring up is like to take a step back and think, look at the bigger picture. Who does it serve that I'm sitting here shit talking myself? While I'm working out, like calling myself mean names or saying that I'm whatever, you know what I mean? Like calling yourself a fat ass during a workout is not productive. It's not a good motivation and it's not your inner voice. No, but you're taught that that's how you motivate yourself to exercise. Right. So like if you can take one step back and think, who does this serve? Mm. It serves the patriarchy because they want women so focused on looking a certain way mm-hmm. that they're not paying attention to anything else around them. They're obsessed with it, right? Yeah, and, and they're they're lessening them their own self-esteem. Right. Yeah. And it serves the diet culture. I mean, it serves yeah. so many big structures that maybe if you can look at that and be like, oh wait, that's not really my voice talking to myself like that. I'm not I don't really want to feel that way about myself. That might be a good way. Yeah. To get yourself out of that loop, that sort of thought loop. I hate it here <laughs> for many reasons. <laughs> but one of them is that it is a, a wild act of rebellion for me to be nice to myself. Agreed. Right. To not shit talk myself. Like that makes me like really angry. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to speak to the manager. I've gotten good. I've gotten better at it, but sometimes I still catch myself doing it and I'm literally have to then be like, whoa, Jamie, it's all right. Same. You're like, all right. Like in my head, I have to be like, no, that, we don't talk to ourselves like that. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is not right. Is that, is that the voice you use? Yes. We don't talk to ourselves like yes. that. Yes. Oh, that's like, so I'm, nice. like I'm talking to my kids. Like, yeah. We like we don't talk like that. Like, we're use not your mom like voice here. Yeah. Use your mom voice on yourself. A little self-parenting. <laughs> I love it. All right. I think we should take a quick break because like we have a lot of more spicy things to talk about when it comes to this. Mm. And I think that I need to calm down after thinking about being nice to myself as rebellion. Exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. You know what goes great with podcast listening? A great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop. Yep, beans roasted in-house, amazing baristas. You know where I'm talking about. Restoration coffee, can we go? Yes, I need an Americano and maybe a panini too. Ooh, I need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl. Yeah, check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we are once again obsessed with a TikTok. No, not us. <laughs> and it was one, um, I actually had seen it, but you sent it to me. I didn't. I that didn't happens a lot because I think yeah. we're on the same algorithm. Yeah, so like yeah. you sent it to me and I had already liked it. Um, That's fun. But it was this woman and she said, I have a life rule. People are only as good mm-hmm. as how they treat people when they're angry. Yes. And by good, they Correct. mean like 
worth being in your life. Right. Like it's like a way to like judge someone's character. Almost like that, that gift that you'd always see. I mean, that meme that you'd always see where people were like, you know, people judge someone by how they treat like the wait staff. Yes. Something like that. This I think is, is like that, but even more personal. Like if someone's angry with you and maybe, right. maybe it's not even angry. Maybe it's like, mm-hmm. they didn't like something you did or right. frustrated with you or whatever. What do they do? How do they treat you? When that happens. Agreed. Do they go to everybody else and talk shit about you? True. True, true, true. Goodbye. Right. Do they yell at you? Do they ice you out and ghost you? Is that the way that the kids say it now? Yeah, they the kids ghost say you. ghosting. Okay. Yeah. They ghost you. <laughs> or do they, <laughs> do they come and have a conversation with you about it? Right. Like, that is... A really good thing. And I know it might sound obvious, but we're so often judging people. And I mean, judging them as far as like, should I let them in? Like, where is the boundary based on like how they are when they're like really happy with you? That's true. Like how kind they are to you. It's like when people get shocked Mm. when this person that they've known for a very short amount of time, like ever has like a moment of not being super nice all the time. Right. Exactly. I feel like this is dicey, though, because when I first saw this, I was like, oh, yes, I totally agree. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think it applies sort of more for people outside of your inner circle. Okay. But I do think a lot of people don't have the, so, so this is where it gets dicey, right? Like, not everyone has the tools to successfully, like, navigate confrontation or an argument right Mm -hmm. so you shouldn't just be writing people off if they're like not perfectly composed and managing their emotions all the time Mm -hmm. but then where's the line between like you accepting emotional abuse right Right? like you also shouldn't take anyone's shit if they're being awful to you so but like there also should be some grace that if someone's really upset and they don't know how to manage themselves my my only caveat to this would be like People should always be willing to learn and to listen and to improve. Yeah. I don't think you can have an expectation of like, okay, if you're mad at me, this is exactly how you need to handle it. I think that is never going to work or that you can't forgive someone who like behaves imperfectly. Right. But I do think you could look and be like, this person never tried to fix it or pretended it was okay or talk shit about me to other people, but never said it to me. Yes. Like, I think that you can clock those things and be like, this is going to help me know where in the boundary levels, see our episode on boundaries. If you want to know about the levels that this person can be, because I do think it's a gauge of how much importance somebody puts on your emotional well-being. Right. Exactly. Like if I have the Mm. ability, if I'm mad at you, I've actually never been mad at you. I don't think I've been mad at you either. Well, if it ever happens, <laughs> if it ever happens, we'll let you know. But <laughs> shoot, yeah. Um, now I'm mad at you for never being mad at you. If you, if I was mad at you, and then I never had the thought in my head about how it would affect you, my behavior about being angry with you, right? I wouldn't be being a good friend. True. It doesn't mean I have to be perfect in my handling of it. Correct. But if I'm just like. Well, F you, Jamie. Now I'm going to be mean at you 
mean to you and like not speak to you, I'm going to post an unflattering picture of you on social media or something. <laughs> right. Like, right. and that's what I just did. Right. And never in my mind was I like, how do I keep my friends safe through this process? Right. Exactly. That's just giving you information that I don't put place as much importance on your emotional mm. well-being as someone who, if you had them in your number one boundary level, you would expect. That's a really good point. That's a, that's a great point. And, and also I don't expect perfection, but I expect no. like if you have some big blow up, not you in particular, but if someone <laughs> has like a big blow up about something and they're furious and they're yelling, you know, I'm, I'm okay with someone yelling. Yeah. Yelling and, and processing anger is great and until you're yelling at me particular then no <laughs> but there also has to be the moment where you come back like mm. where like you have this big thing and then like that person walks away and they come back and say okay I got too heated yeah but I, but, but I was feeling x y and z like I'm fine with that same that ex- exchange I as a very moody very emotional I was calling myself very accurately a defensive bitch yesterday. That was a little harsh. Okay, but it was it wasn't not true. (laughs) As that, there is no way that I would have the audacity to judge somebody for also having a big emotional reaction to something. And then coming back and being like, hey, that was just how I reacted. If that hurt your feelings at all or you didn't feel good in that process, I'm sorry. Right. If you said that genuinely to me, right. you're good. Agreed. Oh, you're fine. Yep. But also, if you're if nothing ever bothers you and you're always pretending to be fine, I do not trust you or believe you because where are your emotions? I agree. We all need emotions. All yeah. emotions are good. You just have to manage them safely. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a great way to put all it. All emotions are good. Can you imagine if when I just said that thing about how I'd never been mad at you before, you then were like, well, we need to talk about something I'm mad at you for. <laughs> I should have done that. That would have been awesome. That would have been so funny. Like, okay, we're going to do some live on the podcast therapy. <laughs> I've really set myself up for a disaster there, didn't I? All right. Well, I would like to know what you guys think of this concept. Yeah, same. And I would like you to, like, run a scan of the people in your life mm-hmm. and think about how they react when they're – and I don't even think it has to be angry – frustrated or they don't like something or whatever. And I, I want you to think like, how does this like weigh in with how close I've let them to me? Exactly. So definitely do that. Also, if you're one of the people who gets mad at me and then shit talks me and never tells me goodbye. I think some of them might be listening. I think they might be. (laughs) Okay. I would like to talk about, being a teenager for a moment. Oh God. It's really going to bring back some great memories for you. Okay. All right. Do you remember being a teenage girl? Probably teenager. I'm saying like maybe a little before a teenager Mm -hmm. and having a girl around your age, say something to you about how they don't eat in front of boys. Yes. And then do you remember going like, Oh, should I not eat in front of boys? Yes. What the hell is that? I had, and this might be an overshare, but. I can't wait. I had friends who were like actively anorexic and would talk. Like, it's a wonder I wasn't anorexic or bulimic. I don't Uh know how (laughs) I survived it. Yeah. I can think of two friends over the course of my middle school and high school life that 
one was actively and openly anorexic and one was actively and openly bulimic. Wow. Like would show me like where she kept her vomit in her closet. In her closet? Yeah, like lots of people keep it in their closet so no one knows that they're throwing up. Yeah, that's wild. That was intense. I think that was not your average experience. I'm just like tripping on the symbolism of like keeping your vomit in your physical closet. Exactly. Well, right. And also like the empath story of mine that like I'm the friend who like is like the safe space. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I mean, I think that's like a lot of our stories, right? (laughs) Is that like we're always, all of us intuitive people, we're always the ones who like get all that information. Guys, the safe spaces get tired too. Yeah. Well, I mean, being like 14 and like knowing that your friend isn't eating is a lot. It is a lot. I don't think I know anybody that I was friends with as a teenager that didn't experience some sort of disordered eating. Right. That's wild itself. It is. But back to your original question. Yes. I definitely watched people feel like they couldn't eat in front of other people, like specifically in front of boys. And I definitely have that moment of like, am I supposed to not be eating? I remember thinking, oh, if boys don't like seeing girls eat. And I remember trying to figure out why. I don't, that's not even true. I know, it's not true. It's not true. It's so weird. But I, I remember this. Listen, my disordered eating journey started before this point. Okay. But I remember hearing that and going like, oh, another thing. You don't already know, you stupid person. And going like, what is it? Is it like gross to watch somebody eat? Is it that girls shouldn't eat? Like, I remember sitting there being like, I hate this for you. I know, because, you know, my story is that like I'm a weirdo, right? Correct. So I'm hearing this thinking that like all girls already know the answer and trying to figure it out. And I remember asking boys, like, why don't you like it to see girls eat? And then being like, what are you talking about? I'll for you for asking. Yeah. Well, but Look at you compiling data. <laughs> Researching. <laughs> Wait, everyone didn't do that? People didn't go like, boys, I'm going to conduct a poll. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's what I was doing. That's awesome. <laughs> the data didn't compute. So of I was like, didn't. I was like. What? I remember being very confused, but also being like, well, I guess I can't. And then I remember when I was first dating my husband, I was 15 going on 16. Okay. Well, back then I remember our first date. If you're from the South Shore, it was at Christo's in Brockton. Did you get a Greek salad? I did. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. And I remember having a little bit of a panic about it. Also, you're supposed to get a Greek salad at Christo's. That's oh, not because, like, you no. Know, like, I also got pizza. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> They're famous for their Greek salad. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember being like, oh, my God. I love, I love Christo's. Yes. In their Greek salad. Same. In their pizza. Yep. But do I order that in front of him damn it Matt wouldn't care no no no. and I remember thinking that and then I remember getting there and being like I'm ordering whatever I want like fighting it also I was very comfortable with him because we were friends and like all that stuff but I remember a literal panic over that yes why do we think that boys don't want to see us eat do you think that some of that is like just a safe place to put our anxiety about things 
Maybe, but I don't think boys are doing that. No, no, I don't think so either. But like maybe you were really anxious about the date. And so it was like a easy place to put your anxiety. With like I held on to that rule. Yeah. Like yeah. Where, what do I eat? What do I do? Because you were, yeah, you could, you could focus the anxiety. On it could be very, I mean, that tracks for me as a person. Right. But I also remember a lot of other people in having different conversations being like, oh, when I'm on a date with my boyfriend, I only ever order this. Oh my God, it's awful. So like that was a conversation I would hear a lot. I wasn't actually like that, but that I did believe that there was something to be shamed. Like I, I remember mm. being like, I'm only going to have two pieces of pizza when in reality. Oh. So Christo's pizza is like barroom style. I could eat one whole pizza Same. without a problem. Yep. And then maybe have dessert. Yeah. Like I'm a person that loves eating. Like top three hobbies include eating. Right. Absolutely. I love food. I, I love plan eating. my days around food. Yeah. You're a tourist too. Well, yeah. It's my, my creature comfort. Yeah. But like eating is great. Yeah. Food is delicious. Yes. And I don't want to eat less because of my gender. What? I don't, I'm not designed that way. And no, I realize that not everyone feels that way about food. No, but now that you're saying this, now I'm realizing that like I was very confident about stuff like that throughout high school. But now that you're saying it, I think I start, I was like late to the game. Oh, <laughs> you came in later? Yeah. Like now I think as an adult, I wouldn't eat as much. Oh, interesting. In front of certain people, I think. Oh, it kicked in later for you. Yeah. 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 It's gross. I don't like it. Like people are judging how much you're eating. If you're taking too much. Yeah. You know, you know, what's actually true as a girl who for a lot of her life hung out with a lot of men and boys, mm -hmm. they actually are impressed with how much I can eat. I think that's why it didn't happen to me in high school. Cause I was mm -hmm. friends with a lot of guys. And so it wasn't, it, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of girls like programming me with that stuff. And isn't it interesting that it's the girls programming that? Right. As like, we all have to do this. But like right. when you're around the boys, that's not like, never in my life has a, a man or a boy said to me, are you sure you should eat that? No, never. Never. That's a really good point that women do it to yeah. other women. Mm -hmm. If you're, if we're eating somewhere and you're like, should I have more? My answer is always going to be like, yes, yes, you should. Absolutely. You should definitely have more. Why wouldn't you have more? Your body needs fuel. It's not yeah. like it's, your body's a machine. It's science. Yeah. You're, it's or it's like you're, I mean, it's a corny analogy, but like a car needs gas. Yeah. To and run, you, know, you know, you know, the thing I have to say to myself all the time, it's safe to feel full. Mm. Like I, I would read feeling full as like, I wasn't disciplined. I was like too much. Yeah. It's also safe oh. to feel like you've eaten too much. That's okay. Right, exactly. It's okay to eat too much. It's fine. People yeah. drink too much alcohol all the mm. time, and it's kind of celebrated. Whoa. That's like, a really good point. <laughs> oh, no. But not with food. Wow. That's a really good point, Heather. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Oh. I don't like that, but it's a great point. <laughs> I like when I get you shooketh about something. It makes me happy. <laughs> the next one is a story that um, Glenn and Doyle actually told that really stuck with me that I figured I would just like briefly say. Okay. 
she was talking about her children. And so she has both girls and boys. Yeah. And so when they were younger, she, she would say like, she would walk into a room of like her sons and their oh, friends. Yes. And yep. she would say, what do you guys want to eat? I'm going to get it from here. And they would all just say what they wanted. Yeah. Right. And then she would walk into the room with all the girls in it and she would say, what do you guys want to eat? I'm getting it from here. And they would all look around at each other, at each other. and wait for someone to say something and then all copy it. Exactly. How do you feel about that? It's, I mean, it's, I think it's absolutely accurate. I see adult women do this. Same. I see like someone has to take the lead. Yeah. Like I, back, say like 10 years ago, <laughs> if we went out to eat, and I wanted a pizza, and you ordered a side garden salad. I would probably change my order away from the pizza because I would have felt like a weirdo. Now, I would order my pizza plus a side of fries for the table because I would be concerned you would be hungry later. And I also oh, want to eat fries too. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's nice. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I would have succumbed to that pressure. Of, like, what's everyone else eating? I've noticed recently at a few events that I've been at that were um, gatherings at restaurants that I've had to be the first person to go up and go to the buffet. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed, A, that I had to be the first because no one else would do anything. And the right. B, I felt weird. Yeah, because, like, like I was like, oh, this Jamie, like, Jamie's so hungry. She has to go to the front of the line. Like, that programming. How dare you desire food? Right. How dare you? And, that, and you want to know what's even grosser than that? I do. I don't want to say this out loud, but <laughs> well, it is a podcast, so <laughs> I also then had this programming that was like, well, they can just think I'm getting food for my kids. Oh, right. right. It's like okay to feed my kids, right? But it's not okay, and also my children are old enough that they, like, <laughs> like you I don't have to make them a plate. Them plates. <laughs> but like. That, like, rationalization and justification that I was doing in my head to, like, yeah. Like, I started off trying to be, like, the martyr to take one for the team. Like, I'll start the buffet line. And then, then in a snap of a finger, I'm, like, judging myself. Like, everyone's going to think that, you, like, that you're so hungry. You're first in line. And these are all thoughts that are happening in, like, yeah. microseconds. It's not and, like, like, what's wrong about being so hungry? Exactly. Right. right. And then why can you feed your kid but you can't eat? Like oh, kids gross. can eat, but adults can't eat. Like right, and and again, it's not this like long drawn out like moment I'm having. They're just these like little tiny thoughts that are happening. It's like microaggressions almost against yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, just get the goddamn lasagna. Like, and then I move on, move through the line. It's fine, and no one, no one cares. I don't care, but it's just like I can see these thoughts happening. It's very weird. Mm, I agree, and it's very, um, like the line is very drawn with gender here yes like if a, if your husband was the first in line to the buffet everyone would be like yeah, yeah right, right exactly. you get that food right <laughs> right and he's he's not thinking about this no but if you're first in line at the buffet you're like oh shit everyone is going to know that i actually desire food right like how all humans I? how dare i how dare i yeah yeah and then everyone's probably looking at how much you put on your plate but they weren't Oh, but that's what you were thinking. Yeah. But for me, sometimes um, I'll go up and get seconds, yes. and then all of a sudden, five other people will. Exactly. And I was like, you don't need my permission to get seconds. Like, why do you have to be the trailblazer for seconds? <sighs> I'm sick of being the trailblazer, bro. <laughs> this is not an area of the world I should be trailblazing. I'm exactly. not skilled here. You're not, <laughs> you're not certified, not certified. In, this, in this arena. <laughs> all right. 
What are your thoughts on shapewear? Oh, I don't have many thoughts on shapewear, actually. Are you surprised? No. Do you, do you think it's, Listen. do you think it's something that should exist? Yes. Okay. If you're, if you have to go out, so, I mean, do I think that you should be wearing shapewear every day to be literally like making people think that your body looks one way or another? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's too much stress and strain on yourself. Okay. I think it's like fair. It's like too far into the land of dysmorphia. Right? Okay. But if you're going to like a wedding and you have to wear some dress and that's not normally how you dress and like maybe you don't feel necessarily comfortable with it. If you put on shapewear for one night to feel more confident in, in that, I'm all for that. Have you ever worn shapewear? Yes. It's awful. It's not great. It's torture. I have gone into a bathroom and taken off my shapewear and thrown it in the trash before. Have you? I have. Oh, I've never worn any that was that uncomfortable. So here's my thought. No judgment against anyone who wears shapewear. I like to wear the little like shorts under stuff Mm -hmm. mostly because I do not like the feeling of my thighs rubbing together for long periods. Yeah. Lots of women do that. Not because I want my thighs to look skinnier. Correct. But there is a weird line where like, okay, so because this is formal, you're not allowed to have any roles. Like, do you know what Mm. I mean? Like, I'm not sure that. Well, because I think in formal wear, you're probably showing off more of your body or in different ways than you're used to. Right. So it's like a comfort thing. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable in, I mean, look at me. What? <laughs> Great. What am I looking at? <laughs> like well, I'm wearing jeans and a hoodie. So like, oh, yeah. it's different if I'm wearing like a form fitting gown, like it, and, and I don't do that a lot. So it would make sense that I would want to like feel more comfortable and more like whatever, you know? Right. But it's like, I don't think that you can ever wear shapewear outside of like, like the function of your thighs rubbing together with the motivation being like good, like because you love your body. I agree. So I think that it's like a line. I'm not going against the shapewear industry. I have no interest in that. Please don't hear that. (laughs) Jamie is. Kardashian. Kim Kardashian has a line of it. She does. Yeah. My thought is like, when there's things like, even sometimes the idea of wearing makeup, I like makeup, hmm. but how come half the population who are female, like our faces as they are, are unacceptable to society, hmm. but the other half just as they are is fully acceptable. Like, so right. why do I, because I'm a woman have to wear shapewear where that dude over there has a shirt off and a beer belly and everyone is celebrating. Right. Exactly. So it like gets me a little annoyed. I agree with you. I agree with you. Food for thought. Um, choosing to diet never comes from a positive place. No. Choosing to restrict calories, you're never doing that because you love your body so much. No, because it's lack. It's inherently lack. Yeah. It's inherently ego. Right. Like, I didn't wake up and be like, oh, my God, my ass looks so good today. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut out carbs. Right. But people think, uh, have the opposite. They think it's okay or they think it's healthy to think, like, I want my ass to be smaller, so I'm going to cut out carbs until I get there. Right. Like, we don't. A lot of people don't know that that's not healthy, and it also doesn't work. It also does not work. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, the average American woman, according to the CDC, average is a size 18 to 20. Really. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And the average teenage girl is a size 12. 
Wow. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about that that I just had a seizure. <laughs> like I can't even speak. I feel good about it. I mean, I know that there are people, I mean, I don't think many of our listeners, I hope not, wouldn't be like, oh, that's too much. That's too high. It's because we're a nation of obesity. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think it's that we're not shown what regular people look like. That's, that's what makes me have a stroke. Right. That like the most of us walking around right. are those sizes. Right. But I'm told to feel bad if I'm not a size two or less. Correct. Right. So I don't even think I can get into this right now because it's too much. But just like sizing for women's clothing. That's ridiculous. What the hell? Why can't it just be like boys into the measurements? Why is there like a number? That's a good point. Right. No, exactly. It doesn't make because any sense. it's a way to control the way we feel about ourselves. Exactly. Um, right. I have to tell you about the BMI. No, I don't want to talk about this. Too bad. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Do you know who invented the, the BMI? Some white man somewhere. Mm-hmm. But do you know what he did for a living? He sold diet shakes. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was a statistician. Oh. Whose job it was was to find the quote-unquote ideal body mass for a soldier. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then he probably was really great at his job. He was basing it on also white men for being soldiers. Oh. And yeah. our entire, I've never been to a doctor's office where they weren't like telling you where you were on the BMI. Oh, yeah. And our whole health system is built around it. Yeah. I've never been in the right place on the BMI. And now that I understand that it's because I'm not a, a white man who's trying to be a soldier, I feel, I feel like a lot better about it. I feel kind of angry, actually. Yeah. Well, it, it makes it easier for me to be like, I don't care. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, and that also kind of brings up the point that I think we need to make sure we make is that fitting into the standard, the BMI, whatever, right? The, you know, disappear when you turn sideways except you have boobs thing. Right. Is way more accessible to wealthy white people. Right, exactly. So... I think it's even it's even ridiculous that we would use the BMI in our healthcare when it's only a thing achievable right. for this small group of people. Right. There's a lot of white supremacy running through that in the entire medical system. Yeah. Oh, this number really granted my gears, Jay. When when they polled large amounts of women, seventy five percent said that they, at some point in their life, suffered from disordered eating. Oh, really? I mean, I believe it. I do, too. I actually could be higher, and I would believe it. If you said 100%, I'd be like, yep. But I also don't know if some, everyone knows what disordered eating actually gonna, is. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know that they know that. Yeah. So disordered eating is just when you're eating in a way that is harmful to your body and not serving your body, mm-hmm. which is the way... Everyone in the 80s and 90s ate in early 2000s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would think you'd be hard-pressed to find a woman that wasn't somehow affected by that. Exactly. I'm turning the page. It's okay. Okay. Crinkling making, is okay. I'm making crinkly noises. I always tell Jamie that I don't like it when I hear myself make a crinkly noise in the podcast. It's okay. The last thing is that the whole entire thing about diet culture is to create distrust of your own body. Exactly. Which is the job and the motto of the patriarchy. I 
even drink water when I'm not thirsty because I'm supposed to drink water. Oh, really? Like, I don't, like, do you remember growing up <laughs> and being told, like, obviously when we were young, we only drink milk. We, we didn't, didn't drink, drink water. water. No. But then all of a sudden the 2000s <laughs> yes. hit and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to drink 64 ounces of water. Plastic water bottles everywhere. Yeah. And you're like drinking all this water. And it's to the point, like, my husband jokes that I have an emotional support water bottle with me all the time. He does. <laughs> But like, which is very accurate, but like, it's almost like I'm just drinking, not because my body's thirsty, but because it's just a habit. Yes. Like that's how freaking crazy it is. Right. Exactly. That I don't trust my body to tell me it's thirsty when it actually needs water. It's like someone else told me back in, you know, 2005 that I needed to drink water constantly. Right. Right. What? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how disconnected a lot of us are from what our body really wants and what it needs. We don't, we don't trust ourselves to take care of it. Exactly. And that is what not only diet culture is built on, but also our healthcare system. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have to give you a few quotes to react to. Okay. All right. I'm going to start with the one that I think you'll hate the most. Cause it's by Bill Mayer. Okay. He said this in 2019 and he was commenting on childhood obesity. Okay. He said, fat shaming needs to make a comeback. No, no shaming needs to be anywhere. How will that help? So it's not like let's provide people with better health care, with means to healthier food, with enough money and whatever to like live a life where it's real easy for you to access the kind of foods that would feel good to your body. Let's actually educate people on how to, how to listen to their body and to eat in a way that feels good to them. It's let's bring back shaming people. Right. Well, it's just so indicative of our culture that like anyone would think that shaming would be productive and shaming is productive to a certain extent, Mm. but it doesn't work. As you can see with that statistic about, about diets failing so often, it actually doesn't work. I mean, it's productive in controlling people. Right. Exactly. But not, helping anything no no exactly all right you you're gonna remember this one who said this quote jay Um, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels i don't know what that was a supermodel kate moss kate moss yeah that tracks i googled this quote so gross that's also not true no i googled this quote and there was she wrote many articles about how she regretted saying that i should hope so yeah but also like she she said in where she was quoted she was saying what somebody, a friend of hers, always said as a fellow model. Oh. Like she wasn't telling everyone to but feel that she way. Felt right. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it okay. But that was, if you could have a quote that summed up diet culture in the '90s, it was yes. that one. But like, have you ever had a mozzarella stick or a, a pizza or something? <laughs> a taco? Like, it's not accurate. A sausage, egg, and cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, Jillian Michaels. No. No, thank you. <laughs> So the, immediately no. The, the, immediately no. Immediately no. The whole show Biggest Loser is a, a effing wreck. disaster. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Talk about let's let's damaging. Do sh- but beyond it being a nasty, it's damaging. Yes, let's do a show that shows you how diet culture is shit. That's the show. But it was like so popular. Yeah. People loved it. They ate it up, so to speak. <laughs> Seriously. Did you do that on purpose? No, no, no. But remember when that first came out? It was so popular. Yeah. 
was great. I, yes. I watched a few episodes I of it. I did too. And it was so awkward. I felt so bad. But the whole premise was like people exercising for like eight hours a day. Like killing themselves. Yes. And then eating very small amounts of food. And then, okay, starving, now. Starving themselves. Okay, right. And then go back into your regular life where that's not possible. Well, And, and be shocked that they gained weight back. And you're forgetting the emotional abuse in the oh hands God. of their trainer and them like screaming at them. What was that trend in the, was it, I think this was early 2000s where like meanness and bullying was so cool. Like yes. Simon Cowell, yeah, like yes. judging right. everyone on a talent show, yeah, being mean. reality, reality TV. Like we're just telling, we're just being honest. And that was like so celebrated. Mm. It's not honest. That's bullshit. Mean, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, your friend Jillian Michaels, um, she was responding to Lizzo's body being celebrated. Don't you talk about Lizzo? I love Lizzo. Protect Lizzo at all costs. Okay, so this is going to make you really mad. Now, this is a very long okay. quote, so I've cut pieces out of it, but you can see the whole thing if you want. I haven't cut out anything that misrepresents this, okay? Mm -hmm. But she said, Jillian Michael said, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? Why aren't we only celebrating her music? Because... It's going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Oh, I read this. There's never a moment where I'm like, I'm so glad she's overweight. Why is it my job to care about her weight? That's what she said. <laughs> Why do I have to care about her weight? And actually, it is her job to care about people's weight. She's a trainer. Mm -hmm. But that just proves like the hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Because she wants everyone to celebrate her body for being fit and thin and quote-unquote healthy. But she can't give that back to someone for being proud of whatever their body looks like. Yeah, this is that moral superiority thing. Complete moral superiority. Yeah. Hypocrisy. And also, she's a white woman talking about a black woman. Correct. Ew. Correct. But also, think about all the people in this world that Lizzo comforts mm -hmm. and makes to feel better about themselves, allows them to accept themselves mm -hmm. when they see Lizzo being so proud of herself. Yeah. And not to mention that Jillian Michaels is incorrect. Right. Because, well, for a lot of reasons. Right. But skinnier people aren't healthier. No, they're not. Fat people aren't more likely to have a disease. They're not. That is bullshit. That, that also has been proven. It's proven the other way. Right. Exactly. So let's not do that. No. Bro. That's gross. This. No. That's no. gross. And yeah. you can't celebrate a body that looks different than yours. That's her own damage that she needs to deal with. Exactly. I'm going to leave you with one more quote, and I don't think it'll make you as angry. Okay. This is the last one. It's by Stacey Rosenfeld. She said, a cultural fixation on female thinness is not an obsession about female beauty, but an obsession about female obedience. I was just going to say obedience. Yes. Agreed. That's what it is, guys. They want women to be obedient. Yeah. Right. It's so, a way to keep women obedient. Yeah. You want to have a strong woman who believes in herself. You don't, you, she has to be confident. Well, so you want to mess with that. You mess with that. You mess with her confidence. Right. And Lizzo being herself, being confident in her own skin rattles the bones of someone like Jillian Michaels. Yeah. Because she can't feel that way about herself. Mm -hmm. So it's like she's up in your face about all the shit that you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know Exactly, exactly. And who's to say that 
let's say Lizzo does get diabetes. Right. Who's to say that she's going to be less healthy than Jillian Michaels, who has restricted calories in her own body for how many years, do you think? Decades now since that show came on. Yeah. So what is this comparison? Right. Exactly. It's gross. Again, it's an act of rebellion to be nice to yourself. It is. It's okay to be hungry. Yes. It's okay to be full. It's safe to be full. Yep. Try to find a way to exercise if you like exercising Mm -hmm. that honors your body, but you don't have to be perfect. There's no toxic positivity here. No. Just fight back at the shame. Right. Just walk yourself through it if you can. Yeah. And just do your best. Yep. Yeah. And no size body is better than another. All right. Um, Can we go get sausage, egg, and cheeses and coffees and then maybe get seconds? Yes. Okay. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.